Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Everyone the same. 
let me sit in the state of being above. Hello everyone, welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was I Rise on Inclusion Revolution Together with Love. If I sound a little stuffy, if I sneeze, and if I start coughing, it's not the coronavirus, <laughs> but but a gift I got from India when I just got back home to Washington. So I was fine until I got home two days later. Here's my gift. Anyway, I hope you're doing exceptionally okay. You know that's really big for me because I know when I'm okay, you're okay. When you're okay, I'm okay. And I've been looking a lot at how, on a collective level, we're picking up each other's stuff, whether we want to accept it or not. And so many of us are out there. We want to make a difference. We want to change the world. We have an an idea of what it should look like or how it should feel like if everybody has their own self-esteem and self-respect about them. And yet, despite all the resources and all the technology and the freedom that we have to make that reality happen yesterday, we're in a completely different place, a place that we have never felt before, at least in this lifetime. But I do believe that if we change and make the internal adjustments that we wish to see in the world, we're going to see it. It's going to happen. So I believe that the times that we're in is about our own personal empowerment. It's about our own personal process of transformation. It's about us. If we want to see the world in a better place, we've got to do our work. And there's a lot of tools and techniques out there. And today we're going to be talking about the power of hypnotherapy with a return guest, Grace Smith. Let me tell you a little bit about Grace. Grace is a certified master hypnotherapist and a hypnotherapy instructor who is on a mission to make hypnosis mainstream. She's a pioneer in the hypnotherapy field. Her private clients include Fortune 500 CEOs, A-list celebrities, Olympic athletes, and government officials. She's also the author of the top-selling Close Your Eyes, Get Free, and her new book, Close Your Eyes, Lose Weight. (laughs) Grace has appeared repeatedly on The Doctors and The Dr. Oz Show, and her work has been featured in The Atlantic, Marie Claire, Forbes, Entrepreneur in Style, Mind, Body, Green, to name just a few. Today we welcome back on air Grace Smith to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Grace. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me back. It's an honor. Yeah, I remember our wonderful conversation that we had previously. It was lovely. Yes. So how are you doing? I'm pretty sure I'm sounding like a muffled little... I don't know what I want to call myself right now, but I was fine. I was fine the whole time in India. I was fine when I got back, and it's so weird how your mind plays games on you. I was like, I hope I'm not picking up the coronavirus. You see how you can pick thoughts up? 
I'm telling yes, you. Yes, I had a sore throat <laughs> earlier this week, and I thought the same thing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, what is happening to us, and why is it that, okay, that hits in, but if somebody tells you you're fantastic, Grace, you're going to be a star, millions are going to fall at your feet, you're like, yeah, right, sure. You know, yes, that's so interesting, absolutely. right? It's a yeah, wild time, I, I tell that, you. You know, a lot of this shows up in social media as well. People who are on Facebook a lot or who share on Instagram or Twitter, and they become very obsessed with the dopamine surges that come from receiving a like or a share and those positive interactions. But the minute they get them, they forget, right? It's just gone. They get that little hit, and then it's over. But if someone were to complain or you know, write something rude or mean, I mean, the brain will ruminate on it forever and ever. And really the reason for that is our subconscious is created to keep us safe. And if there's a perceived threat, we were programmed to obsess over the perceived threat, which the news has certainly let us know, the perceived threat of coronavirus. So we get this little idea in our head and it ruminates and ruminates and builds and builds when actually it does us no good. All it does is work us up into a frenzy. It doesn't help us, doesn't support us. And it's really outdated programming. There really aren't lions lying in wait in the bushes ready to pounce on us every moment of every day. But we act like having to hand in a quarterly report to our boss is the same level of danger. So it's Mm -hmm. actually a perfect segue into what I do because with hypnotherapy, we can rewire that response. That's exactly what I was going to do. I was going to mention that what you're doing is helping us to get into the subconscious where a lot of the memories are being held. And I believe they're dictating really our destiny. In my culture, we call the deep subconscious sanskaras in Indian culture. Mm-hmm. And from the mm-hmm. sanskaras come sankalp. And sankalp, mm-hmm. translated in English, means the thoughts. And from the thoughts come, of course, the action, the words, and what have you. And if whatever's in your sanskaras are just being repeated automatically, there really isn't a change So something has to be a sort of an outside source, like a perennial source. Something has to come to break that cycle, to transform the Mm -hmm. sanskaras so that new thoughts can emerge, thoughts that are really based on the original sanskaras that we're made of. And there are two kinds. They're the sanskaras of our true self, filled with a lot of love and power and dignity, And then there are the sanskars of what I call algae, anger, lust, greed, attachment, Mm. and ego. And those are our limited Mm. self. And that's how I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I get corona? I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) So so that was the sanskara that was initiating that thought. And so, you know, why didn't my original eternal sanskaras say, you're fine, Jen, it's just a little cold. You're going to get over it within two, three Mm. days. You know, so, I mean, now mm. it's saying, but it didn't two days ago. It didn't do that. Oh, I'm so, so happy you brought this up because I uh-huh. just learned about some scars not too long ago. And the way it was oh, presented to me was there's this eternal energy flow that is the truth, that is pure consciousness. And that flows through us at all times. And these negative some scars are like little tide pools that got stuck, right? These obsessive emotional patterns that swirl and swirl and 
turn into, as you mentioned, these thoughts that become obsessive and negative. And with hypnotherapy, at least in the context of learning about your culture and this ancient wisdom and tying it to what I've been doing all these years, what I perceive is with hypnotherapy, we can kind of go in and find what caused the tide pool. And let's say there's a formation of rocks that the tide pool is swirling around and it's keeping that energy blocked and it's keeping it from that universal flow of consciousness, that higher truth. With hypnotherapy, we can go in and remove those rocks and then all that happens is the tide pool stops its obsessive swirl and goes back into the natural flow of life. So I always say to people with hypnotherapy, you're not actually hypnotizing yourself. You're dehypnotizing yourself because you're already perfect. You are already perfect. It's these patterns of conditioning that we've received throughout lifetime based on trauma and experiences and fear. And we just have to remove that dirt and get back to the perfection that you already are. Exactly. And so looking at the work that you've been doing, it has been making a lot of people feel clarity and perhaps gain even more acceptance of who they are and where they are in life with the absolute door wide open for changes to happen. However, there are many misconceptions about hypnotherapy, and I'd love for you to really take us on a journey about what happened with hypnotherapy. Why did we become so skeptical about it? And could you tell us a little bit about you know, what are its benefits and the science behind hypnotherapy? Absolutely, and I'm so happy that we're starting with the skepticism around it because if we don't address that, then nothing else I'll share will be very impactful if anyone is listening and saying, oh, it sounds interesting, but it would never work for me. So I love that we'll start there. So a very brief history of hypnotherapy. There are indications of hypnotherapy being used in ancient Egypt. They were called sleep temples, and people would enter into these sleep temples. They would relax into a deep meditative state, and then priests and priestesses would whisper words of wisdom in their ears and they would exit the temple and be forever changed their traumas relieved their habits like skin picking and these obsessive compulsive things that we do pulling out eyelashes biting nails their fears and their phobias gone at almost the same time we find the same thing popping up in druid culture and then hundreds of years later hypnotherapy was used widely in world war one when anesthesia supplies ran out and they had to conduct amputations on the battlefield. You can use hypnotherapy to do open heart surgery and root canals for someone who is allergic to anesthesia and on a pain scale from 0 to 10, 10 being excruciating blackout pain and 0 being nothing, you can watch videos of this on the BBC, hypnotherapy being used for a root canal. is a wonderful documentary. She never goes above a 3 in pain. So that's how it was reintroduced to our culture in, in modern times was as a pain reduction source. And I was just on Dr. Oz earlier this week talking about hypnotherapy as an alternative to opioid use as a non-invasive, non-pharmacological way to mitigate pain. So what happened? This wonderful thing, this ancient tool, got such a bad rap and why and how. So in the late 1800s, there was a man named Francis Mesmer. And it's from his name that we get the word mesmerism and mesmerized. And he used hypnotherapy early on in his career. And as he got older, 
he got weird. (laughs) And he started doing other things in addition to hypnotherapy. So when he first started out, his hypnotherapy practice gained fame all throughout Europe because he was helping so much. But then he got into things like the occult. He started to believe in something called animal magnetism. He started putting ropes around his patients. And basically the church pointed at him and said, everything you're doing is weird and bad. And it is now banished and nobody in the church is allowed to do any of this. And that is really where the bad reputation as mind control began. Now, hypnotherapy is so much not mind control that a joke I make all the time in my speeches is if it were, women would send me their husbands with a checklist and I'd be a billionaire. (laughs) They would just say, I'd like for him to do this. I'd like for him to be like that. (laughs) And, you know, I'd have a waiting list 10 years long. You can't make anyone do what they don't want to do. And, And another quick example to illustrate this, I had a woman come to me my first year in practice very early on who wanted to quit smoking. She was in her 40s, had a young teenage son, and she hated that she was a smoker, hated that she smoked in front of him, felt embarrassed, hated the smell, the cost, everything. She was so ready to quit, and she quit in two sessions. Chain smoker, never smoked again. So a few Mm -hmm. months later, she brings me her son, who is now a smoker. And I'm early on in my practice, and I don't fully yet understand just how much hypnosis is not mind-controlled to the extent that I didn't bother to ask the young man if he actually wanted to quit so we start the sessions and we have many many sessions he's not quitting at all and I'm thinking to myself what's going on here why is he not seeing any improvement at all finally I think to ask him do you even want to quit smoking and he said no all my friends just started smoking I don't want to stop and I said so what do you want to do and he said I want to be better at skateboarding so we worked on that and the following weekend he placed in his first competition for skateboarding Wow, great story. So it had a long, bad reputation, but it is most certainly not mind control. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, I think when we go back in history, we can get so much more clarity than to walk around with such um, misunderstandings and listening from third and fourth and fifth parties without really trying to get to the source of, well, where did this idea come from? Where did you know, this happened. And a lot of times when I read books or I look at words, I emerge the image. And it's as if I play out a movie as if I'm there to try to help me to find more clarity for the other person's point of view. And I feel we need to do that more and more and to find deeper meanings behind why do certain myths get created and formed for so long but also to try to also have the interest to seek the truth, you know, the real truth to the matter. How did that come about? So I really appreciated that. I understand that right now you've got a new book out, so congratulations on that. Thank you, yes. Coming out April 20th, but it's available for pre-order. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Your book, Close Your Eyes, Lose Weight, it combines body positivity with weight loss tools. Could you share a little bit about that? Because I really need to just lose like a good 10 pounds from my waistline. And mm-hmm. I would love to just close my eyes and just go, Boop, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, it's so much fun to be able to help people with this. I got into hypnotherapy because I saw people were suffering needlessly because they didn't understand that they could upgrade their subconscious limiting beliefs. And 
over the course of the many years that I've been doing this, hypnotherapy is the number one request I get. It's not always why people originally come to me. They might come to me for deeper trauma to heal or some sort of fear or phobia that's really negatively impacting your life. And then they'll always say, oh, and if I could just lose 10 pounds on top of that, that'd be great. So it's by far and large the most common. And then, of course, there are people who come to me to lose a significant amount of weight, 100 pounds or so. And we live in a very wonderful time where body positivity is becoming so much a part of our cultural discourse. And yet, in my book, I wanted to make sure that people understood what I've been seeing with my personal clients. And what I've been seeing is that ever since body positivity came front and center, not one person, not one of my clients, and of course I don't see the entire population of the world, so this is a segment Mm -hmm. of humanity, but at least in my experience... Not one person has stopped wanting to lose weight because of body positivity, but they do now feel shame for wanting to still lose it. That is becoming very widespread, yes. And so it's like, oh, my God, I can't even talk to my girlfriends anymore about the fact that I want to lose weight because it's somehow not an empowered feminist thing to do or say any longer. Why would they feel that way? I think it's the pendulum is swinging to the other extreme. You know, we've seen in the media for so long really women with eating disorders as the standard of beauty, as this is what everybody's supposed to look at. I mean, that's what all of the beauty standards were in media representation in the 90s and up until quite recently and all of the photoshopping Mm. and everything else. So this body positivity movement and, you know, plus-size models and all of these wonderful things that are happening, greater representation and diversity in media and in beauty, that's all wonderful but I think it's swung a bit far to the other extreme, which is not to say that if someone feels trapped in their body, or as you just said, if you know you would feel stronger, healthier with 10 less pounds around the waistline, there's nothing disempowering about that. In fact, it would be disempowering to keep it on just because the beauty standard is now telling you it's not feminist for you to want to lose weight. It doesn't really make any sense. So I think what I really wanted to strike a balance with in my book is say, If you only wanted to lose weight because a magazine was telling you to or an abusive partner in your life was calling you fat, there's no power in losing weight for those reasons. But if it's any other reason, if you know you'd feel more energy, if you feel trapped in a body that isn't your own, if you know that your relationship to food is traumatic, it's not healthy, it's not the way that you want it to be, it's disempowering to not heal that. And the best news is, Body positivity isn't an option if you want to radically change your weight and your relationship to food. If people could hate themselves into the size they want to be, everyone would be the size they want to be. Right? All, everybody's just so mean to themselves in their mind all day long. If that worked, no one would have any problems. So you must love yourself. You must fall in love with yourself at a subconscious level in order to effectively lose weight for the long term and keep it off. And that's the whole premise of this, to access your subconscious by closing your eyes and entering into that state, which I teach you to do in the book, change your relationship to food, change your eating habits, and fall madly in love with yourself along the way. Mm, Boy, that sounds so easy, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) With hypnotherapy, it's certainly a lot easier, of course. (laughs) Uh Uh Why do you think that the average American is obese? And there is this multi-billion dollar weight loss industry that's 
taken over the culture, and it really hasn't focused us on, well, ask yourself, why are you eating, and what type of foods are you eating, and how is it connected to how you're feeling? We don't have that conversation mm-hmm. much. We say, you know, you can eat as much, do your Weight Watchers, do your Jenny Craig, mm-hmm. take this pill, pop this thing, but it never addresses emotionally, what are you going through? Absolutely. So what I sort of realized doing all of my research and working with so many people on this is there's a few key factors why weight loss is such a pervasive issue. First and foremost, most of the foods we eat are engineered to be addictive. They are sugary, salty, fatty, and they release serotonin and dopamine from the brain. And the people who are making these foods in a lab understand that. They understand if they make the fries smell a certain way, it's going to tap on our olfactory senses and make us crave them, and it's going to create an emotional memory in us. And this is very intentional. You know, pizza, chocolate, these things are very, very addictive because just like drugs, just like cocaine and heroin, they release serotonin and dopamine in the brain when we eat them. So what happens is when we're sad, you know, we're not taught as children in this culture how to mitigate our moods, how to manage our moods, how to manage stress, how to express our feelings in a healthy way and work through them. We are not taught any of this in kindergarten. We're never taught it at any point, but kindergarten would be the ideal place to learn it. And so as we become adults, when we feel sadness, when we feel anger, when we feel less than, The easiest thing, and of course we're not consciously aware of the link until we study it, is to grab a slice of pizza because for that few moments, the chemical reaction in our brain is similar to if we were doing a mood-enhancing drug. So we're using it as a way to manage our mood, but obviously it's not effective. It only lasts for a little while, and the downside for our health and well-being is significant. The other thing is it's very difficult to lose weight when there's high levels of cortisol in the body, when there's lots of stress in the body, and we all know stress levels are on the rise. So Mm. one of the beautiful things about hypnotherapy and why it's more effective and easier with this tool than going at it alone is because in hypnotherapy you naturally exit out of the cortisol-induced survival mode stress state and you enter into a place where you feel safe and relaxed. And then third and final piece is we're taught to hate ourselves. We are. We're taught through media that we are not good enough and buy this and buy that in order to fix yourself. And so there's a subconscious desire to punish ourselves because subconsciously we believe we're bad and less than. But if we did love ourselves, the only option would to, to nourish ourselves with healing food. This sounds good. It makes sense. And the good thing about the times that we're in is that there's a lot more healthier foods available on the market for us to choose from, even though back in the days we didn't have preservatives. So, yes, it was Mm -hmm. healthier, but we didn't have science back then either. So it's so interesting Mm -hmm. to watch the evolution of time. Isn't it, Grace? It's like back in those days we didn't have science, but we had no preservatives, so we were just living Mm -hmm. up to 40 or 50 Now we have preservatives and science, and now we're living up to like 80 or even 90, like my great-grand-aunt is 104 and kicking. And so it's so Mm -hmm. interesting how we still need to have the knowledge of how to keep our thoughts in the right place to really understand who we are. Now, I know that you've mentioned that there is a difference between willpower and motivation. And I'd love if you could share 
why does it even matter to our success? I mean, willpower and motivation to some extent, aren't they the same, Grace? It's such an important distinction to make, especially because I do think a lot of times we use those words or those concepts interchangeably, but really willpower and motivation can be very different. So what I found early on in my career, I launched my business with a Groupon, which is a very inexpensive coupon, and I sold 954 of them in 24 hours. So my first year in business, I did a 1,000 sessions, and it was quite a lot. But what I learned was because it was so inexpensive, I saw so many people who weren't adamant about having to change their life. They were just, "Ah, let me see if this works. Let me see what this is like. I just want to test it out. And one of the first things every one of those people would say to me is, I'm lacking willpower. I don't have any willpower. And I would say to them, if you think of the Freudian conception of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, the way he described it was like an iceberg. And the conscious mind is the tiny little 10% of the iceberg that you see above the waterline. And the subconscious is the huge mass of ice that is below the waterline. You can't see it, but that's the thing that sunk the Titanic. Now, willpower lives in the conscious mind. So even if you had all of the willpower in the entire world, but your subconscious belief was in direct opposition. So, for example, there are some studies that show up to as many as 80% of obese women were sexually abused as children. And so what we've come to understand is the subconscious, as a way to protect itself as a survival mechanism, decides the bigger I am, meaning the larger I am physically, the more invisible I become to the world and the less predators will notice me. So if the 10% of the brain that is willpower says, I need to lose weight, but the subconscious says, if you lose weight, you'll be abused, the subconscious Mm -hmm. is going to win all day, every day. It's 90% of the equation. And we might not have any idea that that's a subconscious belief until we use hypnotherapy to get in there. Now, motivation, by contrast, is an emotional response, and that too lives in your subconscious mind. So you can use prana, if you want to think about it that way, or chi, this life force, this energy can be cultivated through practice and repetition by going into the subconscious and simply imagining yourself maintaining motivation for the thing that you want. And now Mm. because it's a mechanism of your subconscious, it's infinitely stronger than willpower alone. So let me pause you right there. Take us through a process that we can do for ourselves to tap into our subconscious, something from the book. Use me as an example. Somebody sent me my horoscope today and it said, oh, March is your day, you're going to do it, it's your birthday month, you're great. There might be a part of you, you have to level up, a part of you feel like you don't, you're not ready for it. Okay, da, da, da. So my journey has been that I've had to make myself play small intentionally, like around family members or community in sense, just because I just can't deal with the stuff that comes with when I just have to be me fully on board. But a part of me also might feel a sense of comfort in that. (laughs) You know, like, okay, I can blame them for me wanting to dim my light, but maybe I really want it to just stay dim because I'm not sure. So... You know, let's just say if there is something holding you back inside, 
what would be the process that you'd offer a person to get into that part of their subconscious? So I can certainly take us through a quick little mini, quick, quick, quick version of what that would look like, but I'll explain first. When someone comes to me and they say, something's holding me back and I don't know what it is or why it's there, but I can tell I'm holding myself back, I'm self-sabotaging, I'm dimming my light, I need to know what it is. It's different for everyone, but the path looks a little bit similar in the sense that, well, we have to go to the source of when you decided it was safer for you to dim your light. And typically, it's not what we think it is. Whatever our conscious memory assigns or attributes to that moment, typically when we get inside the subconscious, it happened much earlier. It happened around the age of six or seven for Nearly every issue we have today as adults. So that's why I'm so big on education in kindergarten and having a really kind kindergarten teacher. So what I can guide us through now is just a quick mini, again, I don't want anyone who is participating in this to say, oh, that's hypnotherapy, because a hypnotherapy session is an hour long and you certainly have more than one. You know, on average, they say about six hypnotherapy sessions will heal 93% of an issue. And that's compared to 600 sessions of psychoanalysis, healing wow. 33%. So that's it is incredible phenomenally numbers. powerful and mm-hmm. incredibly rapid, but it's still not magic. So should we experience that now? Yes, please. Okay. So if anyone is driving, please do not follow along. Do not close your no. eyes. You can no, come back pull over, pull over, and we're <laughs> not in, later. Pull over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd love for everyone to... Notice your starting stress level. So zero would be zero stress, the most relaxed a person could be, and 10 would be a full-blown panic attack. So, Jen, what's your starting number? I'd say 6.5. Beautiful. Okay, so everyone listening, you know, figure out what yours is. Just notice what it is. And then go ahead and close your eyes. Take a nice, deep, letting go breath. Already beginning to relax both mind and body. Relax the top of your head. Relax your forehead, smoothing out any creases. Relax the tiny muscles next to your eyes. Relax your jaw, letting it hang loose and flat. Relax your shoulders. Relax your torso, breathing easily, really releasing your stomach. And relax your legs all the way out through the bottoms of your feet. And then go ahead and repeat silently in your mind after me. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. Take another nice, Deep, letting go breath, and we'll do that twice more. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. Another nice, deep, letting go breath. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. And then just imagine a beautiful, white, bright, healing light flowing into the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth. And as that white, bright, healing light flows through you, 
It relaxes you, releases you, and takes you all the way down. In just a moment, I'll begin to count down. And with each and every single decreasing number that I say, you'll easily and effortlessly double your relaxation. And when I reach the final number, you're going to see a big boulder, a big rock, something that's been in your way for a while, but you haven't known exactly what it was. After I say the final number, that rock, that boulder will be before you. Getting ready to double your relaxation now. Five. Doubling your relaxation. Four. The deeper you go, the better you feel as you double your relaxation. Three. Even deeper now. Two. And one. See, feel, and experience before you that boulder, that rock. And then repeat in your mind after me and say, Rock, what do you represent? Why have you been getting in my way? And receive that answer now. Now that you have this information, here's a few different things that you could do. You could thank the rock for giving you this insight and let it know that you'll be back to work more on this later. If it's something that you'd like to do deeper healing around, if it's something that needs to go, you could get a stick of dynamite and blow it up. You could realize how strong you are and roll it out of the way. Whatever feels most empowering to you now, whether it's to thank it, blow it up, move it, or something else, you know what's right for you. Do that now. And three, going even deeper. Two, trusting what comes. And one, And once you've taken that action, just breathe and allow a golden healing light to begin to pour into the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth. And you realize now that no matter what rocks or boulders are hidden there in your subconscious, you have the power to find them to understand them and to do something empowering about them. You are immensely powerful. Getting ready to come back now, sending one more wave of golden light through you as you do. Golden light into the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet. Then when you're ready, put a gentle smile on your lips, opening your eyes, and notice your new number on the scale, Remember that zero is the most relaxed you can possibly be. And Jen, when you're ready, let me know what your new number is. Firstly, let me say that was wonderful. And secondly, I would say my new number is definitely between a three and a four, only because in the midst of it I sneezed. And then I got me a little bit out of it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, not now. But... Grace, thank you for that. I'm actually going to work on that that today. Yeah, I thought that was really, really great. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I, I could see the potential of it when really sitting with yourself for a good half hour to an hour, just being in that place of taking care of the deeper parts of your energy, 
within your personality that's holding you back. It was fantastic. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And I know everyone listening will have had their own unique and powerful experiences. And it's just so wonderful that with hypnotherapy, we can individualize our healing. So I can say to you, whatever is most powerful for you, you can blow it up, you can roll it, you can thank it. And so we can do it all together in community while you still make the right choice for you. That's so beautiful. What powerful work you're doing, Grace Smith. Thank you so much. Is there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us before we say ta-ta and come back again? Hey, and come back when the book's out. I'd love for us to talk more about it and dive deeper into some of the chapters. Oh, thank you. I would love that. I absolutely will. And I think the, the final thing I'll share is the number one question I get is how do I find a reputable hypnotherapist to work with because people become intrigued and then they look in their small little town and they realize there's nobody here. I'd have to drive an hour. Is it worth it? So the women, and I say women because we have about 300 graduates of my hypnotherapy certification school and so far two are men. So <laughs> the, the <laughs> women graduate from my school primarily. Uh, we, we hire the top graduates from our school and they provide hypnotherapy sessions for us and they're all over the phone. And just as you mm. experience here over this audio recording, over this radio, you know, experience together, it's very powerful to be in your own space just with the words in your ears. You don't have to get in your car and drive and sit in traffic and go through all of that. So if you are interested in this work, you can go to our website, which is gshypnosis.com. It stands for gracebasedhypnosis.com. And under the store button, you can click on private sessions. And if you're in Russia or Argentina or California or Idaho, you can work with a certified hypnotherapist who was taught directly by me. Well, that's fantastic. Well, great. Grace Smith, thank you so much for your work. And congratulations in advance to your up-and-coming new book that's going to help us to lose weight just by simply closing our eyes. (laughs) And I've really appreciated you being on air today and all the very best. Thank you again for having me. It's such a pleasure. All the best. Take care. Thank you. Bye. That was Grace Smith, Certified Master Hypnotherapist, and you can get more information on Grace at G-S-H-P-N-O-S-I-S. This is G-S, GraceSmithHypnosis.com for more information. And look out for her new book that's coming out in April, Close Your Eyes and Lose Weight by Grace Smith. I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed her process of trying to put me into a a hypnosis. I mean, I was able to relax at least, but I could see, I could really see the potential in that practice. I really could. In my practice of Raj Yoga meditation, it's very similar, but I like the way that she used the words to sort of direct you into the process, and I thought that was really lovely. Anyway, remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. Turn up your light, let it shine so bright that someone's going to have to wear sunglasses around you. Here is Karen Drucker, Face of God. Take care, everyone. Be well.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? 
because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in and do be easy on yourself. Take care.